Whelan Presley and Van Hall Funeral Homes have been serving Quad City families and veterans for over 100 years. Whelan Presley is located in Rock Island, Milan, Reynolds, and Van Hall in East Moline, proudly supporting WQPT. Alternatives is a proud supporter of WQPT and has been serving our community for 40 years. Alternatives provides professional guidance to maintain independence and quality of life for older adults and adults with disabilities. Our holiday gift to you, the gift of movies. It's our annual trip through the cinema and local theater as well in the cities. Merry Christmas to you and your family from all of us at WQPT. And each year on the cities, we take a break from the public affairs broadcast we usually provide during this time to take a look at another holiday tradition, the movies. Christmas time is one of the biggest moments of the year for Hollywood. And we're joined again by River Cities reader, editor, and film and theater critic, Mike Schultz. Mike sees countless movies each year, writes about his likes and dislikes, what worked and what didn't, and what we can appreciate that we might have missed at the theater. Then he shares it online at rcreader.com, the River City's reader. Mike, join me once again to look back and look forward to the year in Quad City Cinema. So let's talk about this Christmas movie. Absolutely. I mean, let's, let's be honest. It is back... Uh, the, the movie theater experience is back somewhat, especially at Christmas. Oh, for sure, yeah. And this was the year, even last year was still of a comeback year exactly. after the pandemic. And so, but as we learned from uh, the Barbenheimer experience this summer, uh, people are ready to come back to the movies. And I want to get sure. to that. Yeah. I, I do want to get to that. But okay. let's talk about what's hitting the theater right now. Aquaman yeah. and The Last Kingdom. Um, yes. Trying to keep the DC universe alive. This does not get good reviews yet. No, the reviews are bad, and it's also, I think it, I think it might tank. To be honest, um, to make a fish metaphor, uh, I think. Well, they're re they're kind of rebooting the whole DC universe, exactly. and Jason Momoa, who plays Aquaman, is not going to be playing Aquaman in the future, so far as I know. So I think a lot of comic book fans might just go, well, what's the point of even seeing it if it if it's not going to? Comic book fans are so trained now to wait for the next, to be excited for the next movie after the one they're seeing. Sure. And so when they know that there's not going to be a continuation to this, it, uh, I'm not sure how much interest there'll be. Well, we'll let's, see. let's go to the other ones. Is, yeah. is, is Wonka's coming out. Yeah. It's kind of a prequel. Mm -hmm. um, but you, you sit there and you think of Gene Wilder and you think of Johnny Depp and you're going, Yeah. Well, prequels in general, I mean, I'm always have a hard time with because it's like, who asked for this, really? I know that they that people like Wonka, so the theory goes that they will pay to see more of that. And I guess a lot of people want to see how we became who we became, but I don't care that much. And as you said, Gene Wilder, that's un, that's unimpeachable. It uh, should be. It should be at least, you know. And he was he was fascinating in that role, of course, because you got the feeling he was vaguely psychotic. Yes. And that movie is scary. That <laughs> movie is. for a family movie, that's a terrifying film. What is that? 1971. I want to say. Yeah. Area. I mean, that, I... and uh, yeah, and so then Johnny Depp, as you mentioned, you know, also yeah. redid it, and his was just weird, a weird Johnny the Depp core character. That you'd expect. And I'm not sure Timothy Chalamet has that distinct a presence yet. Yeah. He's charming. He's playful, but. Um, 
It'll be interesting to see if he can carry the whole thing. It's being directed by the guy who did the Paddington movies, mm -hmm. which makes me super happy. Because really? those are great. They were clever, yeah. Yeah, they're really fun. Color Purple, you've got Spielberg, yeah. you've got Oprah, you've got Quincy Jones. you got them all. Oh, my they're God. They're all back on yeah. top of it because they all worked on the original. I am I'm cautiously optimistic. I don't know anything about that Broadway musical, The Color Purple. Right. It's, of course, a musical this time. Um, but it's received a bunch of Tony Awards, and that cast is crazy. I've only seen the trailers and you're just yeah. sitting there going, this could be very good. It could be gorgeous. My one fear is that the scenes where people aren't singing in it look kind of identical to the Spielberg movie, and sure. which is so iconic and a great, great film. Uh, so I just hope there's enough new beyond the songs to make it feel like it has a life of its own. But again, I'll see I'll see Taraji P. Henson sing all day and Coleman Domingo and Danielle Brooks. And oh, it should be great, yeah. We got Crossing a biopic coming out as well. Biopic yeah. Ferrari. Ferrari, yes. Um, Enzo it, Ferrari. Yes. Michael Mann, I don't know, something about cars and speed and that type of Ever since Miami Vice. That's what I'm always thinking. Yeah. So he seems to be the perfect director for this. I hope so, yeah. It's and it's it's interesting. Biopics have taken a really uh, kind of clever turn recently in that they don't do so much covering the whole life story the way they once did. Mm -hmm. This is all taking place apparently in one summer. The summer of 1957, where he first got uh, his cars uh, introduced into a race in Italy, and it deals a lot with his problems with his wife and his mistress. And but it's so its focus is very narrow, yeah. which I kind of dig uh, because there's also uh, Netflix has a, a movie about uh, the Olympic swimmer uh, Diane Nyad, which basically just covers her uh, her attempt to break the world record of swimming from Cuba to Florida. And so it just it's a really compact biopic. I'm on board with those. I'm enjoying those a lot these days. Well, they're really saying that Ferrari is not a racing movie. No. I mean, they're really trying to underline that right Exactly. Now. I think they just want don't want people to be disappointed when they show up and, oh, it's not a racing movie. So the tell them in advance. The other big movie that's coming out yep. is an animated uh, movie. And we used to see yeah. a ton of them. Are we seeing that many right now? And it, I'm talking about Migration. Sure, Migration. Um, we're seeing enough. I mean, one of the biggest movies of the year, of course, is Super Mario Brothers. Did Absolutely. Made a killing. Uh, Elemental by Pixar was a slow burner but it, it wound up making a lot of money. Um, and the preview, I gotta say, looks really funny. And you were telling me there's a short. Well, as a, a, a Despicable Me. Yeah. There, there's gonna be a, a short to that. I got so excited about That's that. That's fantastic. How sad that I get excited about no, the short. No, I'm excited too. I mean, if it has minions, if it has Steve Carell, great. Well, the that other thing awesome. about migration that I love is Carol yeah. Kane's in it. Oh, that's right. And she's one of the voices, and I just, I can't get enough of no, her. No, no. Put her in everything. <laughs> every TV show, every movie, I'm fine with that. Yeah. I was also surprised. Another one that's coming out is Godzilla Minus One. Godzilla Minus One I've actually seen. Okay, and it, it, it's all subtitled, right? It is. It's a Japanese movie, and um, it's beautiful. It is so Seriously. well done. Because I, I just think of the hokiness of Godzilla. Sure, but this one, it, they really treat it seriously. I mean... If you're gonna make a Godzilla movie, let the Japanese do it because they're great at it. <laughs> and it, it's um, and so it's it has still the kind of the the motif of he was created by the atomic bomb, and so it's got inherent built-in seriousness. But they also spend a lot of time with the humans in a nice change of pace, and you really wind up caring for the people in it. So by the end of the movie, it's it's got a lot of great monster scenes, but it kind of ends like it's a wonderful life where you're just like, it just gets happier and happier and you're like, oh, oh, good for you and I'm glad you survived and oh, and it's just, 
It was so moving. Seriously. I did not expect that at all. Well, because, I mean, the trailers that I've seen, I mean, he's just yeah. crushing the, oh, sure. know, the areas of Japan and yeah. people are screaming. And, and you and, feel like you've seen this before. Exactly. And I thought so too, but there are really only like four big scale action scenes in it. And the rest of it is all kind of character study and really sadness because it all starts at the end of World War II. Uh, right. And it's all set in Japan, and so and that's built in melancholy and poignancy right there. Well, and that's the whole you know? story about Godzilla. Is, sure, is, is is the uh, you know you always have to go back to the atomic bomb. So exactly as you right. said, yeah. it just seems appropriate fitting that the Japanese would make it. It was it's just gorgeous. I would recommend it. I recommend it to people who don't like Godzilla movies. I'm like this one will make you a fan. It's really good, Jim. Okay, it. we've got a, a video game that's now a movie called Five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah, yeah. What? Okay, this is interesting. It's well, it's basically like imagine Hi, a, a themed uh, pizza restaurant with games uh, that we're all yeah. familiar yes. with, where the Security animatronics guard. basically come to life anything. and kill people. That's the video game the setup. It's also a big book series. Kids. I was lucky enough. Um, my best ago. friend's nine-year-old daughter has been obsessed with Five Nights at Freddy's for two or three years. She's read all the books. She watches YouTube videos of people playing the games. That's obsession. And the movie is kind of geared towards a very young audience. Despite it being a horror movie, it's kind of, it's great for a nine-year-old who went and saw it and has seen it, I think, four more times on streaming since then. It's uh, just scary enough to feel like, to make a little kid feel like I'm seeing my first grown-up horror movie. I see. And it's reasonably well done. I don't think an adult would find it all that terrifying, but it's uh, it's got a fan base and it's uh, it knows who its audience is and plays well to them. I was really impressed. The other area is there seems to be a couple uh, major uh, concert movies that are coming out. Oh, uh, yeah. That seems to be the big thing now. It's a new one. Yeah, Beyonce it's new. and Taylor Swift both have... Uh, basically concert. Uh, Absolutely, and it's uh, it's a replication of the concert experience. From what I know, I haven't seen either. And in fact, with Taylor Swift, we uh, sent one of our theater reviewers from The Reader off to see it because she's in love with Taylor Swift and her kids were. And so they all went as a family and I was like, you have a good time because I don't really know what's going on. But they're almost three hours long each yeah. and uh, with no intermission. and. They are kind of inviting audience members to feel free to sing along, feel free to dance in the aisles. Uh, for people who didn't get to see the concert experience or want to see it on a big screen, closer than they probably were if they bought tickets to Absolutely. Taylor Swift or Beyonce. And uh, it sounds like a, it sounds like a big party. I, I, if I if I was a younger person. Uh, and a music fan of those artists, I'm sure it would be a blast. Do you think that's something that's going to be developing more? Absolutely, because uh, it's because these mega concerts, they're making a killing. Absolutely. Yeah, and Taylor Swift, I'm so I'm really impressed with her because she did a she went her own route. She went right to AMC theaters and said, "I want to distribute this myself with exactly. you." They bypassed the studio, and so the theaters that screened it made way more money than they would have if it had been a studio project. Uh, and uh, it, and she made her own rules as far as I only want this shown on the weekends because she doesn't want it to be shown in front of 10 people on a Tuesday morning, you know, make it a weekend get together with your friends. Mm -hmm. uh, she did a lot of smart things and that thing made bank. That that is, did a killing. It, it, it is a brilliant concept. Yeah, and you have it's a really feeling smart. it's going to be replicated by For other bands. sure. Yeah, absolutely. There's no end to that. You, you, you alluded to Barbie. I did. And Oppenheimer. Yeah. What a summer that, or what a weekend. What that was. a weekend that was. And what I love about the whole idea behind Barbenheimer became, becoming like a, a meme and like a thing is that it's, it was kind of generated by 
fans come to your house or by moviegoers. Sure. This was not, it's two different studios who did Oppenheimer and Barbie, of course. And it, it's kind of like Macy's and Gimbel's from Miracle on 34th Street. That's really interesting. Where, uh, where kind of everyone just said, let's make this a cool double feature. And it was a kind of a DIY campaign that, as we know, went through the roof. I mean, Barbie's at 620 million or something. Oppenheimer's at three, uh, 320. Well, I've got it as a total of 1.4 billion. Oh, worldwide, for sure. 1.4 billion yeah. and 853 million. That sounds right. For Oppenheimer. And for Oppenheimer, and it's strange for both because, of course, one is based on a toy, and one is a three-hour-long, very serious-minded drama. Neither of those things should be making that much money, but. I think the reason they are is because audiences are starved for something new. And even though Barbie has been, you know, a thing for 70 years, mm. and Oppenheimer, of course, we know the story behind that, again, the atomic bomb, and, uh, but it's not a sequel, and it's not a reboot, and it's it's not a continuation of a franchise that's been around for 100 years. It felt exciting to go to the movies and see something new. But there was so much hype, uh, particularly Barbie. Yeah. Um, did it live up to all that hype? I thought it was a blast. The only thing I don't like about it, and I've seen the movie a couple times, um, everything with Will Ferrell drives me crazy in that. He is very, he's hit or miss for me. And this one, he's just kind of doing, he's doing his shtick that he does. He's playing like the president of Mattel and he's like the token kind of bad guy, but not really. Um, the rest of the movie is so witty that I don't want to see Will Ferrell's shtick that I've been watching for a quarter century now. Everything else is really fresh and really smart. Um, so, yes, the movie lived up to it. I wish they had taken the scissors and just gotten rid of maybe 20 <laughs> minutes worth of it. So that's where I land. Did you get to see it? I did not. I okay. was not into the... Uh, sometimes when there's that much hype... <laughs> Yeah, I, I get actually it. do the opposite. And you feel like you've seen it already. Okay, I've, yeah, you've been yeah, talking well, about it. Well, I've this. certainly heard enough about it. Okay, fair enough. I was uh, reading your recent review of Killers of the uh, Flower Moon. Yeah. Um, and you're so absolutely right. It's a story that had to be told. And it's, it's too bad Indeed. it, it, it took so long. Colors, but, but you were a little worried about how what long it was. It and you had concerns about uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. I, I did. Um, I feel like it should have, one of two things I think should have happened. We should have cut it by an hour because it feels really long. It, you feel that length of time. Um, or it should have been six hours long and, and been even more expansive than it is. My biggest problem with it though is Leo DiCaprio. First of all, he is playing a character who's just getting out of World War I and he's supposed to be about 21 years old, which would account for why he's so criminally stupid in that movie. The character, not Leo to make that clear. Yeah, yeah. Um, but his character has no agency and just kind of goes along with every kind of dumb, murderous scheme his uncle comes up with. And he's like, all right, sure. You know, but Leo DiCaprio's in his late 40s uh -huh. and we know is an intelligent guy. And whenever Leo DiCaprio has to play someone who I think he thinks is dumber than he is, he suddenly becomes more affected in a way where it's like, he puts on a mask in terms of, uh, he makes his face all kind of crunched and he, he does a, a kind of backwoods accent that is completely wrong for the character. He really underlines, this isn't me folks, just so you yeah, know, exactly. I'm still Leo, yeah. I'm not this dummy. So your thing's a little miscast here. Very much so. But Aside from that, it's got Lily Gladstone, Robert De Niro, who's better than he's been in 20 years. It's really good beyond Leo yeah. at the end of the day. And if you love Leo, yeah. You're going to enjoy Go it. Go to town. Yeah. Let's talk about local theaters okay, as well. Okay, let's. Uh, uh, Moline lost the, the Regal Theater. Yeah. That's a tough blow that to hurts. theater lovers. I, I, sadly, I wasn't surprised because every time I went, nobody was there. It was always very that empty. That was breaking my heart. Yeah. But I do miss having 
the alternative because, as you know, I see a lot of movies. And sometimes it would be really easy to go, oh, there's one there at 3 o'clock and there at 5 o'clock. Okay, so I can see them both in four hours. Exactly. And, you know. Um, so and, and I do miss it. I mean, I like the venue, but again... I, I got why it closed. It was very few people. On the other hand, yep. Danport is opening the last picture house. Yeah, I've got a I tour. I think you're very excited about that, Ooh, aren't you? I saw, I got a tour of it by, this is of course by our Bettendorf favorites, Scott Beck and Brian Woods, uh, who made independent movies here for years right. and then went to Hollywood and uh, co-wrote A Quiet Place and a sci-fi film with uh, Adam Driver called 65. They're a, they're a big deal now. They're a very big deal. And the fact that they are coming back to Davenport, to their hometown, to open a boutique experience. A niche. A niche experience, exactly. They have, it's a two-screen uh, uh, venue. One will be showing kind of present-day Hollywood fare, I mean, like whether the new blockbuster is. And the other one is going to be devoted to art house films and repertory screenings right. and special family events. And the building uh, is unbelievably gorgeous, and they are movie fans. And so that place is in awfully good hands uh, as far as knowing what what they can bring that's different from what you'll get at the multiplex. Do you think it's going to be uh, that, that the audience is there in the Quad Cities? I would love to believe so. I would love to believe so. Um, I, 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 I don't know. Um, I think what's smart of what they're doing is that as long as they have like a Hunger Games always going at some point, they'll bring in people who, right. you know, who want to see it, uh, don't want to either drive to the other uh, Cineplex or just want to Give the cool people some money. So, uh, you know. <laughs> I'm uh, thinking whether, that. <laughs> you know, really, because I that's what I, I'm happy to do that too. Yeah. Um, but there, and hopefully there'll be just enough people to keep it uh, yeah. afloat beyond that who want more adventurous fare. I mean, right now I go to Iowa City to see a lot of titles because mm -hmm. film scene is terrific about getting, you know, specialty releases that we don't usually get here. So I spend a lot of time there. And I'll, I'll be honest, I, as much as I love the place, I skip the two hour commute for mm -hmm. a movie if I could. So, and hopefully it grows an audience. Yeah. Uh, an appreciative movie audience. I want to talk about local theater as well. Okay. Circuit good. 21 right now, A Christmas Story, the musical that runs until December 30th. Yeah. That's uh, uh, that Christmas fair that people love. Absolutely. The Black Box Theater in February, because there's a lot of places that don't really have that much going on in January. Yeah. Leopold and Loeb the Musical. Yes. This is about uh, the psychopathic uh, killers from the 1920s. Yeah. And it is a two man show, and it's basically explaining their story. Um, Thankfully, it is a two-man show, which means you don't have to watch anyone getting murdered in that show. Uh, but Laura Adams is directing it, who also directed it, I want to say about 10 years ago, perhaps, at the Circa 21 I remember scene. the first time it came in. Yeah, yes. it was wonderful. Uh, my best friend Tom Taylor was in it, along with Adam Cerny, who's an amazing actor. Uh, the material's strong. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to seeing it again. It's 90 minutes. Good music. Yeah, and an Medium intense material. story, too. Intense story? Intense yeah, story. It's, it's something. The, the, the less intense stories would yeah, be okay. the Spotlight <laughs> Theater, February 16th, is Legally Blonde, the musical. Yeah. And the Music Guild on April 5th is Kinky Boots. Yeah, that's, two two movie adaptations. Yeah. And as was Christmas Story, come to think of it. That's Fair that's enough. where they that's where they go for inspiration these days. Well, go, especially go for these musicals, right? Yeah, absolutely. And in the case of Legally Blonde, I think the musical is far better than the movie. The movie I'm okay with. Yeah. Reese Witherspoon is great. Beyond that, it's kind of it's kind of tired. I think uh, big hit, but I didn't care for it. Uh, but the but it always felt like it was meant to be a musical, and so it, and it works in that show in ways uh, where where you, I saw the movie and kept waiting for people to burst into song. It was it was <laughs> really? just that phony enough. Uh, the Wedding Singer is another one that's like that became a musical Fair enough, yeah. and is a much better musical than it is a movie. Um, so I don't mind that. And Kinky Boots. 
gosh, I saw that movie a really long time ago, so I barely remember it. But the musical's terrific. Great songs, great characters. And it's been done yeah. here before. But, I mean, yeah. it's, it's nice for local theater to, to, to support local theater, what Indeed. I'm trying to say. It's like, yeah. and, and these type of musicals are generally are an audience favorite. Oh, for sure. Yeah, they, they, they do incredibly well. Kinky Boots, uh, I will always have fond memories of because it played at Circa 21 in 2020, uh, in March of 2020. Uh -huh. I caught it on the 10th of March before everything shut, shut down, down on the 13th. Uh, and so it was like, that, that was, was the, the production? That was, the last, that was it. And they managed uh, to make it to closing night before everything had to shut down. And so it was I, I kind of a good luck that. charm show for Yeah, them. absolutely. <laughs> All right, we just have a few moments left. Sure. Oscar predictions. Um, Gosh, okay. Uh, and, and I know there's still movies coming out. What are you, what are you thinking for best actor right now? The best actor, I, I want to say Bradley Cooper. Really? Playing Leonard Bernstein in mm -hmm. Maestro, which is going to be a Netflix release also right around Christmas time, so any minute now. Um, the makeup looks incredible, but he spent the last six years, he directed it, also wrote it, stars as Leonard Bernstein. Uh, he spent the last six years basically taking, at best, little cameo roles and not doing anything else because he wanted to spend that much time getting into the... Perfecting the exactly, character. Exactly, getting into the persona of Leonard Bernstein. And he's been nominated, believe it or not, nine times so far and has never won. And... It's Bradley Cooper, and he's tremendous. So it feels like it's, it feels his like time. it's time. Yeah, that's what I'm going to guess. Best actress. Not a clue. This one could go any number of ways. There's Emma Stone in Poor Things. There's Fantasia Barino in The Color Purple. There's Annette Bening in Nyad. There's Carrie Mulligan in Maestro. Uh, this could go seriously any number of ways. And I don't think we're going to have a good clue until after, say, the Golden Globes, the SAG Awards, right, when the, you see where momentum is building. Exactly. So, yeah. And the last one, of course. I think it's Oppenheimer, best, best picture. picture. I think it has no it has no downside to it. It's um, a very serious subject. It's very long. It's by a really acclaimed director, Christopher Nolan, who has never won before. And it's going to win all the tech awards. It's going to get score mm -hmm. and sound and cinematography. And the most important thing, made a bunch of money. <laughs> it's got, it's got, Hollywood it always knows it, that. It, it covers every single base that you would want to hit because oftentimes the, the argument would be like, well, the critics love it, but people didn't go. Right. This one, the critics loved it and people went. And they're still going. That thing is still playing. It's already on, on um, you know, video, et cetera. But uh, it's also still playing at theaters. And yeah, it feels like the right one to reward this year. We'll see. Our thanks to Mike Schultz, editor and critic at the River Cities Reader. And you can take a look at all of his columns from the past year and follow his future reviews by heading to the website, rcreader.com. On this Christmas weekend, we want to share one of our joys of the holidays. A few years ago, we recorded a concert of holiday music from the Quad Cities' first family of gospel music, the Westbrook Singers. They're now retired, but their songs are timeless. Here's the Westbrook Singers with Do You Hear What I Hear? Said the night went to the little lamb Way up in the sky, little lamb A star, a star, dancing in the night with a tail shepherd boy Do you hear 
The Westbrook Singers with Do You Hear What I Hear. On behalf of everyone at WQPT, Quad Cities Public Television, we hope you're enjoying your holidays and we thank you for sharing part of it with us. On the air, on the radio, on the web, on your mobile device and streaming on your computer, Merry Christmas. 
and thanks for taking some time to join us as we talk about the issues on the cities. and Van Hall Funeral Homes have been serving Quad City families and veterans for over 100 years. Whelan Presley is located in Rock Island, Milan, Reynolds, and Van Hall in East Moline, proudly supporting WQPT. Alternatives is a proud supporter of WQPT and has been serving our community for 40 years. Alternatives provides professional guidance to maintain independence and quality of life for older adults and adults with disabilities.